The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is John Sestina and fellow certified financial planners, Spencer Hagar, and we even have Tony Payne. We got a mega full house here guys holy cow <laughs> yeah, i couldn't you miss out today you are surrounded at the moment <laughs> so uh holiday season today's show we're going to dedicate uh to holiday spending something we all have to we all do on a regular basis or annual basis but we're going to give give some tips on what to look out for maybe help yourself uh how to how it pertains to your financial plan but in this opening segment i, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, current events is uh, Spencer. We were talking about Theranos being on trial mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Holmes, right? Yep. And uh, it is the week of the 20-year anniversary of the Enron bankruptcy. And I was going to ask you, what do you remember of that? How old were you? Uh, <laughs> you, were six, you, were you don't six have to answer that. Yeah, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, but I don't remember much. No. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you think about when I say Enron and the bankruptcy, John? I think of a fellow who was working for Enron. He was so excited. He was making a fortune. And then the next day he walked in the office and his company was gone. Yeah. And it also reinforced what we teach people all the time is don't depend on a large chunk of any asset in your portfolio. That's a perfect Diversify. example of it. Diversify. Yeah. Tony, how about you? I couldn't find it for today, but you know I have it. I've told you guys before, my Enron T-shirt, my WorldCom T-shirt. I mean, these great companies at the moment that you'd be there, you'd be at the golf tournament, you'd be on the private jet. Everything you said, John, you'd be flying high, looking like all that was needed was that company. And then it falls out right from underneath you. So I just wear those as a little reminder sometimes. Well, you should. Just remember, this is also not TV. No, no, it's not. So they can't see your T-shirt. Well, you're. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have it on, so that's but, okay. Yeah, my end run. Yeah, that's at home, John. Well, well, Spencer, going back in time since you were a little toddler back then, uh, Enron was the stock. It was the hot stock. It was skyrocketing. Oh, amazing. Everybody was asking questions about Enron and wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, for lack of a better term, they were cooking the books, uh, they were mm-hmm. manipulating. And there's a great documentary called Enron, the Smartest Guys in the Room. Uh, I advise all the listeners to uh, watch it if you can. I think it's on Netflix, I believe. Uh, great, great documentary. It sort of details how they manipulated the uh, market, and it was pretty corrupt. Some of their conference calls are legendary. Yeah. I mean, you listen to the way that they spoke to investors and then the actual people asking questions on the conference call. I mean, if you ask too pointed of a question, you could be done. I mean, they went to your financial publication as one of the greatest stocks, one of the greatest companies, lots of influence, and they took and crushed a lot of people who spoke ill of them. Sure. So it wasn't easy to come out right away. They were they were pushing people down. Yeah, and I guess that they were literally telling people to uh, put all their 401k money in the company stock 
That, that's what I was going to say. I only know from the history lesson side of things. I know it was like the biggest bankruptcy at the time as far as companies go. And then I remember it kind of similar to some of the bank stocks nowadays. Pretty much everyone was flooding everything into the stock. And yeah, I'm sure they took it on the chin, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, a lot of it was just false reporting and, and you know, and actually uh, Arthur Anderson, which was one of the big uh, accounting firms, they pretty much were done for because right. they were auditing their books or not auditing their books properly. And then some of those recordings, though, I mean, when you hear the traders there and the way they were trading and the way they knew what they were doing and manipulating some of the markets, I mean, there were some funny business going on. And it's like what Warren Buffett or others say, if you can't understand the business, maybe you shouldn't invest in it. And some of what they were doing was hard to understand at the time. Well, they were consulting with Madoff. That too. Right. That right. too. That was you know, the next phase. Pretty much. I right. mean, just offshore companies, Andy Fastow doing all kinds of things there. I mean, these are the names that were there. Kenny Boy. I mean, mm -hmm. these are the people that were, as you said, cooking the books. Yeah. Skilling, I remember, right? And and the thing that what it led to was another market downturn. Three years in a row, the, mm -hmm. the, the stock market was in negative territory. We had 2000, the dot-com bubble. Yep. It started to recover in 2001, and then September 11 happened, another downturn. And then 2002, this, this happened, uh, and a lot of uh, major companies, all of a sudden, all the CFOs were terrified, and they started to really dig deep on their financial statements, re restating their, their uh, financials, and it created a market, another market downturn. Right, exactly, because they were facing, just like the Enron guys did, perhaps criminal charges, going mm -hmm. to jail. Now, if you're the CEO signing on the dotted line, you're culpable for all of that. And that was a change that came about of some of this. Maybe a good one. Yeah. John, I remember back then, because this is when I was starting out, and I remember you were like, this is the biggest sale of the stock market you've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Three years in a row, the market's going down. You're like, this is a tremendous opportunity yep, to get said, your money bye, going. Bye, bye. Get your money in there and start building that 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 uh, foundation because when the market recovers, you're gonna you're gonna make it. And it was three years in a row. Yep. And you had to say discipline. We always talk about discipline, but keep 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 investing into your 401k, diversified 401k, not loaded up on Enron stock, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a tremendous opportunity. But three years in a row of market downturn, and this was the, the third leg, was the Enron uh, scandal. What a time to be alive. Because there were a few of them strung together there, too, because you had Tyco, you had Enron, you had WorldCom. All I forgot about the Tyco. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, I mean, that you remember one, that one? I do not. I'm Tony, sorry. Yeah. And this they is made ten... toys back then. <laughs> yeah. you not quite. <laughs> they threw parties, though. Right. This, this yeah. is, I feel like, what started that Occupy Wall Street climate because it was 10 years before that that, yeah, he was. He was The CEO was paying for his daughter's wedding, I think, in Italy with company money. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. Right. And, that, I mean, of course, some of those things were fraud and were true. Yeah. So, I, again, for anyone out there, if you don't recall much about the Enron scandal, try, look up Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room, a great documentary. It details everything there. And hopefully we don't repeat itself. Unfortunately, we're going through a – it was an IPO, you know, Theranos, Theranos and we're, yeah. we're dealing with it right now. But unfortunately, it probably will not be the last time it happens. But, again, John, too, I think the greater uh, lesson here is don't get greedy with loading up too much in one stock steady as you go lots of risk there so yeah, good you, investing is boring yep you said it 
thousands of times yep. <laughs> and we'll continue to say it so uh got a couple minutes here in the first segment anything else before i was going to switch topics yeah go for it all right well it's just this is nothing really substantial but i found it interesting with medicare uh, switching to Medicare, John, you gro- you groaned right there. You, you know where I, I'm going. I received my notice. Right, <laughs> right. But but on you got a tremendous bonus with Social Security going up five point nine percent. But they forgot to tell you that Medicare is going up fourteen and a half percent. My Medicare bill now per month, mm-hmm. mind you, this is just me, not Bobby and me, is five hundred and thirty five dollars a month. Yeah. That's like having private insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And people want to rush over to Medicare. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, hold on. I think I'm misunderstanding. Didn't you pay taxes for that your whole life, John? I did. I paid so you taxes hold on, you're that. paying a premium on top of all the taxes? Oh, of course. All right. I just you wanted know, to say that out loud. So I'm I just a generous it. citizen. All right. You, you are. You are. <laughs> and it, it is the, the season of giving. So yeah, you're right, giving, right, you're right. giving. And that's what today's show is going to be about, about is the season of giving. We're going to talk a little bit about holiday spending. Uh, maybe you know what you can do to maybe not get out of control and keep keep things within your financial plan and proper spending in line. Uh, you know we're going to talk about budgeting. We're going to talk about credit cards and things you can do to help um, navigate your way through the holiday season. Uh, Tony, is there any? We have thirty seconds here. Anything to lead to the next segment? Yeah, go on our website, play around. I mean, the more you get on there, the more you get to know us. The better questions you can ask, the more topics we know to cover here. Because some of the greatest topics we get to cover are the ones suggested by our listeners. Great point. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk holiday spending. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio six ten WTVN. <laughs> You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're going to dedicate to the holiday season, holiday spending. John, I'm surprised you stuck around for this because... <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. Steve, yes. You know. I'm going to call you out, though, because every you, you do like to turn your screw on and say you you're you're not you're not a gift giver but you are a very generous person so oh, no. i'm calling you out oh, on live Steven. on the radio <laughs> you're ruining my <laughs> reputation so uh over covid we saw a really uh dramatic shift by the consumer because really the consumer mm-hmm. was confined to their house they couldn't spend money and we saw savings skyrocketing mm-hmm. now we're seeing a trend where people are starting to loosen up their wallets and I don't know if it's good or bad, but we're seeing the consumer start to spend again. And in fact, right now we're seeing that there's some statistics. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York says uh, 20% of Americans said in October they had applied for a credit card in the past 12 months. That's a pretty big number, that is. That, right? Um, how many credit cards mm-hmm. do you need is the first question one right (laughs) right one or two right uh that's all you need but we're seeing the consumer now turn the other way and maybe start to put some juice into the economy through their spending any thoughts there well there's plenty of juice already but uh there's enough money around Mm -hmm. chasing after all these goods that aren't that are Locked not up in your backyard. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest too. I it, we've talked about this a lot. I'm kind of perplexed with how much consumer spending already drives the economy. Like when you look at the quarterly GDP, 
bad consumer spending is enough to drop at 1%, and I'm seeing every time. So I don't know how much more we need to juice necessarily, but it's a little startling, a little yeah. bit alarming to me. Well, we are a consumer-driven economy. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. I remember you, you even mentioned back in the 70s and 80s, part of the heavy inflation was you thought your, your I think it was your assumption or analysis that a lot of it had to do with credit cards. Yes. That was the creation of the credit card or credit, personal credit through the credit card system. You know, I can remember when there were no credit cards. Yeah. I mean, there, everything there was, was cash. There was, uh, well, every store might have a card you could buy or get. Uh, there was a uh, diner's club had a card back then. And I, I think American express had it as well, but for the most part, people paid cash. They yeah. wrote a check layaway or they had Mike pay it. Well, when we think about spending and how much it drives the economy, like you were saying, it drives me back to, I'll say it, the hill I would die on, put it on my gravestone, please. Trickle-down economics is real. Yep. When consumers spend money, it is a multiplier across the economy. So as much as you were saying, Spencer, and you're right, it's mystifying almost. How does that work? And that's where the economics gets a little spooky sometimes and a little quacky maybe. But the idea is it's a multiplier when people spend because it does trickle down. You go and get your oil changed. That money that went for the filters going somewhere, that oil replacement fees going somewhere, all of that money that's going to those hourly employees is going to what they want to buy. Trickle-down economics is real. So that's that's my thought on this consumer spending. And when you go to the mall, you're doing a little giving in your own way. Yeah, I will say this, though. It felt a little bit like funny money coming out of COVID because for how much everyone Lots wanted to talk money. about, yeah, oh, savings is up. It's so great. And then consumer spending through the roof. This is great. And then all of a sudden, people ran through the savings. Consumer spending dropped. And then all of a sudden, it took a big hit. So I don't know. I feel like genuine consumer spending is a good thing, but it's a little bit nerve-wracking nowadays. Yeah. Well, and this was unusual, too, because it wasn't the consumers who saved all that money. Right. There were a lot of these programs that fed the money, you know. Right. Pumped the money into That's their bank right. accounts. And there yeah. was a lot of that that uh, they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. So they didn't go back to work or anything. They just had this pot full of money for mm -hmm. the first time in their life, maybe. And so they said, well, why not spend it now? Right. Yeah. And is it a dangerous thing to have too much cash? And if we think <laughs> about it, that savings rate spiked to 14%. That's great depression level kind of thinking. You hoard, you sit on it, you don't do anything. So the idea of going out and multiplying and getting that savings rate down a little bit, making the speed of money go a little bit more rapidly, that's usually a good thing. Yeah. And that's why it does start with the jobs. But to your point, John, it was falsified because the government was giving money out. Right. Right. But in, and that's why jobs are so important is it does put money in their bank account, promotes the spending. And it's that cycle and that engine that goes uh, this year for 2021. Uh, Deloitte and Touche, or Deloitte is saying that the average American is or average household is going to spend about fourteen hundred to fifteen hundred dollars per household for holiday spending. On what? That, that's <laughs> tricky, too, because that was the average, not the median. Correct. And when you really break it down a little further, it gets a little even more interesting there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that 1400 is a decent average there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's up about 5% uh, from last year. Uh, but again, it obviously it will be based on income levels and, and the median, as you said. So 
Um, well, any, was, anything else? Well, I was ahead. just gonna say it's also it's up five percent from twenty twenty, but it was interesting to see that it's down still from twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, so that's a little bit interesting too. Right, it has to get keep going. I saw a survey. It was a CNBC survey, but it was going towards that point where, depending upon your income level, you were going to spend about fifty four hundred dollars on Christmas things or holiday things. And then depending if you were at the lower end, there was 40% of families that said they weren't going to spend anything for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that and break that out too, I mean, that spending, it's not just the averages that matter sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there was another average out there about the consumer feels compelled to spend and use credit cards at holiday time. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the season, so I should go broke. (laughs) (laughs) January is a long ways away from now. (laughs) And we know the cycle. You build up the debt now and maybe you pay it off with the tax refund if you're someone who lets the government borrow money. And then the cycle continues. Not our listeners. Not our listeners. But, yes, that's how a lot of people think. Exactly. A lot of people think that way. And even uh, Cyber Monday, the numbers uh, were down from a year ago by a little over close to 1.5% down so cyber money was monday was not quite the experience it was a year ago i think that makes sense too though because a year ago more people were confined indoors shopping on the computer versus at the store did you see some of the things they said though about that like they were saying one big part of it was just the fact that out of stock like across the internet uh, i think it was adobe adobe analytics they did a, a study on that and they said across the internet i think it was down or the amount of out-of-stock notifications people got was up 18%. Oh, really? 8% or 18%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was up. It was a very high number. Yeah. I remember that. And yeah. So people were, well, they were a little fearful to order over the net because, you know, you, you were told you had to wait 12 years to get it. Yeah. <laughs> the discounts yeah. were worse, too. That's what it was. The, like the electronics discounts, they were 8% worse than the year before. And then for appliances, they were, you know, 4 or 5% worse. Yeah, the consumers <laughs> just took advantage of the time. I'm not consumers. The manufacturers, manufacturers yeah. took advantage of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point also, we just saw GM reporting their numbers of higher profits than expected on just what John said. They somehow found a little more chips than what they thought they had. <laughs> and sure enough, they were able to sell some more vehicles than what they thought. That's what those little elves were doing for the holiday. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, some other areas that the consumers are planning to cut back on, John, uh, decorating. I know that makes oh, you happy. that's great. <laughs> 21% of the people say they're, they're going to cut back on decorating. 18% saying entertaining. So no parties. That's good. <laughs> 17% on gifts. How's oh, that? Definitely good. <laughs> right? And then travel, sixteen percent. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, holiday travel. I I don't know why you want to even go into that uh, uh, storm of travel, tough, but tough. that's a tough one. So so these are just all the numbers, and when we come back to the next segment, we're going to go into gifting and and budgeting and how to build your financial plan around this holiday season. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio six ten WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is John Sestina and fellow certified financial planners, Spencer Hagar and Tony Payne. Spencer, tell the listeners a little bit about Managing to be Wealthy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if uh, holiday spending has you in the mood to uh, learn some more about financial planning, uh, you can always go to our website at managingtobewealthy.com. Go ahead up to uh, Take Action, Top Right. 
can always set up an hour-long free consultation meeting, so no free lunches or dinners, but set up a time with one of the planners. We'll take a look at your plan, go through any questions you have, and yeah, hopefully give you a couple good tidbits and see if it's a good fit. And then obviously on the website as well, you can go to the podcast, the archive section, well over 200 shows at this point, so I'm sure that'll... uh give you some time for the drives and whatnot yeah just uh, recorded our 10-year anniversary <laughs> yeah. show which is fantastic 10 years of this and we've talked hard about to believe. Ho- right hard to believe and we've yeah. talked about budgeting before and holiday spending uh when it comes to gifting at this time of year i think the number one priority for people with a good financial plan is to have a budget right break and i know we're against budgets per se but this is when you really have to hold to it and i think it's a really good starting point is to list the list the people List the amounts and stick to it. Any? Yeah, I mean, it's the basics, right? It's economics. And again, I like basics. So what's the definition of economics? How people make decisions with limited resources and unlimited wants. Guess what? The holidays, you're going to have unlimited wants. You need to watch your economics. And what you said, Stephen, about setting some numbers, setting some goals, really putting down some real parameters is so helpful. Otherwise, there's unlimited wants and all those advertisements and the buy now, pay later things. All of that are just going to attack you and run away with you. Well, Tony, I'm going to back off my expectations this year since you're cutting back. So no more than 100000 Yeah. <laughs> Small ask. <laughs> Spencer, how yeah. do you approach holiday yeah, season? Say, Larry, John, I, Larry. I hear, budgets definitely sounds daunting. I I will say in my own kind of approach, usually me and my fiance will we'll usually set something transparent at the beginning. Like, what are we going to go up to this year? No more than that. Honestly, and I don't think it out too much past that. I I have relatively small family, like 10, 15 people I'm buying for across the board. Mm-hmm. And usually I just set a dollar amount. This is what I'm willing to spend or around this on each person. It's not some big budget, but it makes it easy. All right, so let's go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, to that point, Spencer, some of the fun couples that I've worked with over the years, they're almost like the government. You know, they go, they know their budgets. I mean, they go through their numbers together. They know Isn't what that they're exactly spending. exactly opposite of the government, though? Well, no, yeah, you got me there, Stephen. You got me there. You didn't let me finish the thought. All right, But the idea would be they've got a budget, and within that there's a $10,000 hammer. There's something like that where yeah, it's like, right. what are you doing spending on the yard stuff with right. this? But they're trying to hide the presents or hide the gifts in there somewhere, which is fun because at least you're accounting for it. Yeah. Tony, do you buy yourself a gift around Christmas? No. Be honest. No, no, I <laughs> yeah. don't. No, when I, when I need something, <laughs> I usually get it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's true. But I learned, to your point, I learned I, what, the first few years in my uh, adulthood when I would do holiday shopping, I'd go into the mall, I'd come out with tons of bags yeah, yeah. all for myself yeah. <laughs> so yourself. i was i was the impulse buying for myself was a dangerous dangerous approach and i learned pretty early that i was a victim of it uh self-inflicted mm-hmm. so that's one one tip i tell people don't impulse buy for yourself right stick to your list mm-hmm. that's why the lists are important and avoid yourself i rem- again i'm keep remem- reminding myself of things john said over the years you you were always last in line, John, and I feel like again, depending upon how you're doing things in your household, that may be the way it works. 
You know, you're buying presents for other people. You're putting people through school. You're paying a mortgage. You're paying for the cars. You're not really treating yourself. You're taking care of everyone else and the one little trinket you might get for yourself at the end of the year. You know, that's something. That's something real. So if you are someone that you're not treating yourself that much, I think it's fair to think of it that way, though, that you may be taking care of a lot more than just yourself. So you're doing well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other, the other thing too is the impulse buying on yourself and is is avoiding the credit card trap again, oh, yeah. right? Because if you're spending on yourself, swiping the credit card, mm-hmm. you're ignoring the reality of it, and then you go back to your list and you buy for everyone else, and you're doubling down on what you're actually spending. So it's it's compounds the interest. So credit cards are a useful tool, but it's again very dangerous. So make sure you don't fall into the credit card trap. Well, and, and again, if you don't have the money, you can't afford it. Right. So don't let the credit card be the crutch that will cripple you. Ha, <laughs> ha, crutch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A regular Scrooge over here. Um, all right. Well, on that note, though, even the credit cards, you know now we've talked about them several times here. There's the buy now, pay later stuff mm-hmm. where you just go in the store and, oh, here, sign up here. We'll give it to you. And that can be equally dangerous, if not more. Yeah. Well, there's a new program out there where they allow you to charge it. And you get to take it, but it's still a debt. So that's a little less Yeah, very similar. Positive. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's go with what people can do versus buying gifts is I like maybe uh, a thought of not monetarily, but maybe speaking to people's emotions or what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. They're, they're passionate about pets or, or animals, maybe give charity to a shelter. Or if they have it, something for trees, adopt a tree kind of thing. So you can do on thought too, not just mon- uh, tangible. Yeah, right? yeah. The, the, there are some non-quantifiable things. I mean, you've said it. Whether it's baking some goods, you know, using that old recipe and re- su- surprising someone with some holiday treats. I'm thinking of some myself right now. I'm going to make this year <laughs> yeah. that are so delicious. Uh, but that's what we do, and that way, you know, you can give out 20 bags to 20 different people and just let them know you're thinking about them. But it doesn't have to be something major monetarily. Right. When Bobby and I were first married and very, very poor, we would make our Christmas gifts, and that uh, we'd bought those sponge, uh, what are they those balls mm-hmm. that are styrofoam balls, styrofoam balls, and we bought all these sequins. Mm-hmm. And lots of pins, right. <laughs> and we'd put them in there. And man, we'd take seventy-five years to make one of those balls, at least for me. And uh, people really loved that. The they ornament, still have yeah. Them. yeah, oh yeah. But the but the gift was more obvious than if you bought them something. Sure, because they knew you invested time in it, and you invested time in them. Mm-hmm. And isn't that really what's important? It should be. It's not the things. It's about the when you're lying on your deathbed. You're not going to be saying, oh, gosh, I wish I'd have had two more motorcycles. Mm-hmm. You're going to be wondering. You're going to think family, think of your friends, and think of whatever the important thing. Like you said, the charities and whatever else you have like that. That's why giving experiences is also, right? So you make a yeah. make a card, and you, you, you make a little experience that, hey, we're going to go for dinner. Yeah. We're going right. to go for a show mm-hmm. or a movie and make a making an experience around the holiday season. And you don't have to redeem it until maybe January or February or even the springtime for that matter. So six you know, years from now. You know. Right. Yeah. You never know. So give the experience to consideration versus a, you know, just something that's from the store. Yeah. The gift should be that you're showing someone you care about that you care about them. And so whether it's that car, that gift or something you've handmade or, I mean, you can buy something. Sure. But. 
That's not the big deal. One, Stephen, another one you brought up over, the, up over the years is invite someone over for dinner. Make dinner for them. Share a bottle of wine. Have dinner. Relax. I mean, that kind of thing with friends and family around this time of year. Yeah. I mean, that is a cost-effective way instead of going out or doing all that, but to be able to relax together. Yep. What, what time should we be there, Tony? <laughs> I didn't say you. I said friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Touché. <laughs> Touché. Uh, so, so, you know, any thir- 30 seconds left? here i like to say even shop with your phone if you see something in a store look it up online so you can get a better deal oh they hate when you do that oh i know they do (laughs) but i'm talking financial planning here exactly exactly. (laughs) you gotta look out for number one i think uh, i think last thing i saw that uh this year i tried to do it you can add on those browser extensions essentially that'll shop different sites for you to try and get you the best deal so one was uh capital one essentially an add-on for that so Consider one of those. Maybe it'll help you save a few bucks. You're a shark. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So that's the way you go about it. And even factor in shipping costs, a uh, lot of things. But make a budget. Stick to a list. That could be helpful. When we come back, we're going to talk about charitable giving at this time of year. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show, we're talking about holiday giving. Spencer, John, and myself are still waiting for the invitation from Tony. Yeah, uh, it's in the mail. But it's, it's in the, the mail. mail. But yeah. maybe, maybe we're on his charity list. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, he could do that. Tony, I know you love this com- this discussion with charity at the end of the year and the approach family should take. I, I do. I, I think of the family as a boardroom almost, and if you have your little ones there, older ones, whoever you think of as your close family, if you're going to be gift giving and you're sharing your wealth and Perhaps eventually they're going to inherit what may be yours one day. You want to get a feel for what are their giving goals? Where are their, where's their mind going with this stuff? So the idea of gathering people around for, again, if you're open to it and you have the financial resources to do it, you have to be able to give, of course. But if you can, set aside a pot of money, whatever that might be, $100, 1000 10000 whatever. But the idea would be give each little person a little influence. Make them make a presentation to you about that charity. Why is this a good thing? Why do I want to do this? Again, we want to think of more than just ourselves. We know that's important. But the idea, too, of make sure your giving is wise. Make sure that it's planned. I mean, sometimes I cringe a little when I hear, oh, I give when I get, you know, the bell ringers or when I see. You're not planning your giving then. You may be very well-intended and mindful, but if you strategically plan your giving, you're going to do a lot better. So that, that's my thought there, you Stephen. You know, Tony, you sound like a financial planner. <laughs> I don't know. You though. taught us well. Yeah, I don't know, though. I feel a little bit personally attacked. Every time I go past the Salvation Army, I have to drop something in. So. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe you I, I wouldn't had you planned ahead, Spencer. Right. I planned I'm for it. Put a couple nickels it, yeah. in your pocket next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, that's a really good point, though, Tony, right, is, is plan it out, make it a family event, do it at the dinner table. Maybe even Thanksgiving is the time to do it. Right. Uh, That would be a perfect opportunity. On this show, we talk about the tax efficiency behind it. What are how is there a way to do it tax efficiently? Yeah, pretty much giving in any way that isn't just cash up front. Uh, essentially, I mean, if you're giving a lot of money to charities, which is after tax cash sitting sitting in the bank account, granted, 
It's a great thing. Never want to discourage charity. But if you have something like appreciated stock, um, if you're over age 72 and you have to take an RMD, you can take what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So there's a couple different ways you can give without giving just straight cash out of the bank. That's going to be better for you. Right. And even those creative things, if you have the old car, the old boat, the old yeah. life insurance policy, these are things where, too, you can strategically give and multiply the effect of what you're doing. Yeah. And the the more recent uh, programs that have gotten popular, the donor advised funds. Yeah. Right. Donor advised funds have become very popular way to harbor an account, right? Harbor assets and say, I can capture the tax deduction this year and give it out. Over the next five, 10 years. Right. You're with a bull market. There's a lot more talk about donating appreciated stock than donating the old boat. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. right? Good you're problems. Right. Good problems. You're right. right? Um, it's you avoiding the capital gains in that right. scenario. So that's the benefit behind it. So look into a donor advised fund. Unfortunately, this time of year, these donor advised funds companies are swamped because everyone's giving it this time of year. So proceed with caution. It may not be able to meet the December 31st deadline, but maybe 2022, it's a good opportunity. <laughs> And it's good that uh, this time of year people think about gifting, but really you should be doing it all year long. You know, it's like we tease about the gifts. I don't. I really don't give gifts on holidays because if I have to be reminded to give you a gift, I must not think much of you. Yes. So I give gifts all year round. Oh, I did it again. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do that than uh, just you know pick one ever one. Time Being you're told to, to give, yeah. you should give when you're not told to give. That's right. I think the other thing is act of service. Uh, Absolutely. Donating your time is so critical. John, we're building wagons again this year, right? Uh, that's coming up. Uh, it's a great charity where you're building wagons, and that's then they this, fill. Yeah, that's this they, weekend. Yeah, they fill fill the wagons of food and deliver foods for families that need it. And it's a great, great time. Uh, it's a fascinating. Uh, it's called the Ho Ho Wagon yep. Program. Yeah. And uh, we build hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wagons. It's a fascinating process, uh, but it's great. And you know that there's going to be a good on the other end of it, which is that's really, that's what tugs at the heartstrings. It does. Right? Just think of some little kid getting that wagon. Right. Now, when you guys, well, today everything's much more sophisticated, but when I was a little kid, man, a wagon, oh. that was the end all. Right. So keep that in mind. Help people out. And I can't help but think about something. Again, John, you're flashing me back to Christmas's past here again, but I remember one day early, early on meeting you thinking, well, he's the one hiring us. He's the one paying us, and he has to pay taxes to hire people, to create jobs. He's got to pay taxes to do that. Isn't it the other way around? And then I learned, and then you opened up my eyes more and more to how this works. So not every act of charity or act of good is always a non-deductible or a tax-beneficial item. I mean, to buy a home somewhere and renovate it and sell it and be able to do that and revitalize the community. It's not because you're going to make a lot of money. Please don't think that. But if you're someone who's handy and you're charitably inclined, that's another way to give that you can see the results of what you've done. It's not traditional. There may not be a big tax benefit from it. But if you want to see that house every day where that regular family lives and pays a regular rent, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the greatest sense of award reward for me when it comes to charity has been when I've donated my time yeah. in the events, whatever it has been, versus writing checks. I think writing the check is great, but it's sort of that shortcut, right? Right. Here's some cash, and but your time is so critical. Uh, and then when you know when what cause it's going to, it really makes you feel good. Well, when you think about it, what is the most precious gift you can give to anyone? Your time, mm-hmm. because that's what's limited. 
Yeah. All the rest is, uh, you know, it comes, it goes, you work, you don't. But your time, that's a big deal. There's yeah. a lot of non-traditional stuff I never thought about a lot until the past couple of years, like even hunting. I talk to a lot of people who like hunting and they donate, you know, the game they get and they'll do it to soup kitchens and things like that. And you, you never think about that stuff as necessarily charitable, but it, it does a lot of good. Sure. Sure thing. So charity this time of year, I always now we have to turn to the caution be cautious of the charities because there's, oh, there's yeah. predators yeah. out there now, right? Because everyone's out there. This is the time people are more vulnerable to give. So you got to be cautious of the predators out there, the fraudulent charities. And there's many of them. Unfortunately. And let's just say that. Yep. I mean, if you want to use an easy resource, if you're registered with the IRS as a real charity, they're going to have your information. Mm -hmm. So you can use the IRS's website. You can use a website like Charity Navigator. There's a few out there that if you want to gauge is this a group where my giving is going to be effective that's a big deal and again you hear me harp on this a lot but it's not just giving it's knowing how you're giving planning on your giving and really doing it strategically so like you said Stephen, it's not just the money because if you're involved and i'm thinking of a lot of retirees now recent retirees where they've got great skill sets great connections they don't want to just sit at home they want to be involved to volunteer and get on boards join the local chamber of commerce, be even involved in the local government. I mean, this is something where you could really make a difference if you have the ability. Sure thing. Yep. And and know that the charities are required, a good charity, the 501c3 organizations are mm -hmm. required to track how much money actually goes to the end cause. So versus how much fat is within the organization just paying people mm -hmm. unnecessarily. So the that efficiency. Can be shocking. That can be shocking. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I've literally had one time uh, somebody call me and I asked them that question. They said three percent of the money goes to your goes to to the charity. Wow, three percent. Ninety-seven percent goes to everything else. Wow, the other three percent goes to cost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So uh, very cautious there. The other thing is home security. Uh, try not to have stuff left on your front step or after the holiday season, leaving what you was received mm -hmm. is a v nice billboard for the thieves out there. So that just be cautious of that. Definitely. Be mindful, too, of your credit cards and your spending this time of year. There's a lot going on. It's easy to maybe forget about yourself. You've got to look at your information and your financial plan. Well, that's it for the show. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk more of the year-end planning throughout the remaining shows for the year. Hope everyone has a good holiday season. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.